Blog Talk Radio. to raise the question, what is it that we're going to do independent of white people? It is very, very hard for us to envision a world without white people. But we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist. Now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them. But certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Hetapu, Yemotep, and Dominish, and Damana, Nangadef, Majvo, Habargani, Salbona, Anisogoma, Peace, War. Pan-African Greetings family, this is your host, Kamal Mukasey Tahuti, and you have entered Africa's Real Central. We'll start off this show as usual with an apai or a libation, which deliberately calls upon the energies of our African gods, our African spirit forces, and the forces of those yet born to guide and bless this endeavor. I'll go. I'll go. Ago, Odomakoman, Inyame, Inyame Wa, a treaty upon, Mawulisa, Olovro, Amenra, Beje Ensa, Asasaya Ensa, Abosum Ensa, Abosum Po Ensa, Nana Sajibi Ensa, Nana Esiketwa Ensa, Nana Dada Kofi Ensa, Nana Tigray, Nana Tigray, Nana Tigray Ensa, Nana Sinkofa and a kumi and sa, koiku free and sa, akonadi abena and sa, asubonte and sa, ochuewa and sa, tamensa and sa, shango and sa, oya and sa, oshun and sa, jahuti and sa, asar and sa, segnet and sa, nananoma and samanfo and sa, and samanfo abasufao. Medasipio, mo piafo, 
Monekasa. Medassi Nanano. Yo Medassi Nanano. The Apai, or libation, is an ancient practice that is still done to this picosecond in all rural, traditional areas throughout the continent. Past, present, and future become one as those of tomorrow look upon what we are doing now is drawing strength from and doing the rituals of yesterday. Again, I'd like to welcome everyone to Africa's Reascension. Um, Hopefully everyone can hear me okay. Um, We're trying the um, headset and the cell phone this time, so because for some reason Skype wouldn't let me on. That's weird, but uh, we'll see how this works. Skype dropped us three, four times last week, so let's see if over using the cell phone would be the better way today. Um, Please check out my YouTube page, Africa's Reascension Channel, A-F-R-I-K-A-S-R-E-A-S-C-E-N-T-I-O-N, Africa's Reascension Channel on YouTube. There we have visual clips of segments of our archives here. Um, favorites saved from YouTube and uploads from my own personal archives. There you get to see Mama Rambani, Dr. Amos Wilson, Dr. John Hendrick Clark, and others. So check it out. Again, Africa's Reascension Channel on YouTube. If you would like a copy of my book, How to Make a Negro Christian, please go to negrochristian.webs.com, N-E-G-R-O, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N dot webs, W-E-B-S dot com. You go there, buy my book at sixteen ninety five plus shipment handling, um, and you get to pick another book that's listed there for free. So you get two books for the price of one. Again, that's How to Make a Negro Christian, sixteen not excuse me, sixteen ninety five plus shipment handling at negrochristian dot webs. Other good blog talk shows that are out there, Pan-Africanism or Parish by Taj Malik. Um, Just want to type that into the blog talk search engine and check it out. He um, is the majority of times on Thursday nights, but he's bounced around a few times. Uh, He did a special show on uh, Baba Kwame Nkrumah whose birthday was um, September 21st, so he did his show a few days beforehand. And um, there's a very interesting discussion that he and I had on that particular show dealing with um, do you plan ahead for freedom or do you just get freedom and then plan afterwards? Um, if you do both, which one should, you know, which one should be 60-40, 70 It was a real good show. Um, and even outside of that talk, just um, giving tribute to uh, one of the first modern-day Gregorian calendar continental freedom fighters in Kwame Nkrumah, um, we got to remember him and uh, continue and push forth on his legacy 
to not only have a free and independent Africa, but to have a free and sovereign global African world community. Um, so, yeah, so that's Pan-African. And then he's got a whole great other list of archives as well um, on Pan-African and more Parish. His hot show before that one was um, how to um, spot infiltrators, agents, and agent provocateurs in your organization and what to do to um, stop them from getting into your organization. So that's been a real hot show, and it was a good show, and you want to check that out. But, again, um, Brother P, brother um, Taj Malik has some good archives there. So, again, Pan-Africanism or Parish by Taj Malik, T-A-J Malik, M-A-L-I-K, Usually on on Thursdays, but just type one of those keywords in. His show will pop up, and you can click follow, then be kept abreast on um, all his upcoming shows. Also, we have Queen Ifama, the Truth Terrorist, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right before this show. Uh, the same, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you're ready and can deal with raw, butt-naked, uncut truth from a a, a good pro-black common-sense perspective, you want to check out Queenie Fama, the Truth Terrorist, every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. And then um, another excellent, excellent show um, in the vein of Africa's reascension coming from a uncut, raw, uncompromising African perspective, Sister Ia Ajua, I-Y-A, space, A-D-J-U-A, and her show, Wahimi Mesu Cultural Rebirth Connections. Uh, her shows are usually on Wednesdays, somewhere around 4, 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, peace, Miss Sapphire. Thanks for the support. What's up, Brother Pianchi? Peace for the support also. Um, Sister Ia, um, frequents here every once in a while, and, and I try to get her archives and check her, her shows. I'm usually on the plantation when her show is going on, but I definitely try to support it. Um, and you should too. Sister Ia, Ajua, I-Y-A. A-D-J-U-A, Wahimi, Nasu, Cultural Rebirth Connections, Wednesdays, usually around 4, 4.30, something like that, Eastern Standard Time. Um, either it was last week or maybe two weeks ago, I mentioned that there was a new book that was going to be coming out, um, the Memoirs of Melissa Asante. Well, that the, the, the wacky book world as it is, it's out. I'm holding it, looking at it, shaking it as we speak. As I Run Toward Africa, memoir by Melissa Asante, um, about 310 readable pages with the index. Um, paperback, it was about 26 bucks. It came straight to paperback. It didn't um, start out in hardback. Um and, and and I can't even really say anything about it because I'm just now getting into it. 
Um, I sort of jump to the later half of his life. Uh, I'll go back <laughs> and, and get to the beginning part, but I really wanted to um, read and see if he talks about hardships and struggles of getting uh, an Afrocentric, as he would call it, program and department, excuse me, up at Temple. I really wanted to figure out about that. But anyway, it is out, so... Um, Hit up Amazon if you don't have a black bookstore in your area. If you do, um, hit them up, have them order some in, and then get it from them. As I Run Toward Africa, a memoir by Melissa Ketsi Asante. Again, it's straight to paperback, and I think it, it was about $27 for, for the paperback. Yeah, I like the title, too, As I Run Toward Africa. Everybody else in their mama running from it. <laughs> Even continental folks is running from it. But here you got uh, a stolen African who was born over here that knows that they're stolen Africa, and they're running towards that. So, yeah, I like that title, too. Uh, but, yeah, so it's out and it's available. So get your local black bookstore to get multiple copies and get one for yourself and see how he he is not the the godfather or the grandfather of Afrocentricity, but um, he definitely has done um, tons of work in, in, in popularizing the term and the concept and, um, yeah, yeah I, I give it, give, yeah, of course, He's got flaws with some of his associations with folks. <laughs> we can have issues with that and other things, but just if we just want to focus on the work aspect, um, Melissa's doing it. And so I know my, my favorite book of his, at least thus far, he's got so damn many. Uh, well, I just like the title of The Painful Demise of Eurocentrism. I really like that title. But uh, a book that I found a joy to read was The Afrocentric Manifesto, where he just uh, lays it all out. Again, his his end is, his angle, if you will, is a African a recentering our orientation on data to look at everything from an African perspective and, you know, censor yourself in the African reality. And, and I won't get into all that because we got a lot of other stuff to handle. But anyway, yeah, so running towards Africa, memoir, Malefic, Um, Yeah, and that's all the preliminary stuff I can think of right now. So, well, they just had a, a it looks pretty good, a Now Valley conference up in um, Georgia, and I had a friend who attended, and he hasn't got back to me yet, so I don't know if I have any updates or not for you. Well, I don't have any updates on that for you. Um, and I just heard about it like two, three days ago, so... Um, um, Sister Ife Amadeume, who, if you are a regular listener to the show, to the archives, you know we talk her up a whole lot 
with her masterful work, Reinventing Africa. Um, if you don't have that book on your shelf, you should pick it up, Reinventing Africa by Sister Ife Amadeume. Um, she currently is at um, Dartmouth University, but she is um, about about it as far as African-based information goes. Uh, one of the, again, another one of those people who are doing the work um, versus being out in the lecture circuit and all that sort of stuff. I mean, she's got four, I think, four or five books to her credit, and that was actually the first lecture that I've seen that she's done. I'm sure she may have done more, but um, she was there, and um, Theophile Obanga was there, uh, uh, Robert Boval. He was there. So they, they, they had some good folks at this conference. And so hopefully my connect was able to, well, I shouldn't even say it that way. Hopefully the conference organizers had somebody who not only recorded all the stuff, since they definitely made it be known on every page of their flyer, no <laughs> taping allowed whatsoever, that they actually had someone there who was taping stuff to uh, make it available to people either there who couldn't make it to every single one or to other folks like myself who wasn't able to make it. Um, I'll say this and then I'll shut up and get on with the slated show. One of the biggest disappointments in almost every single pro-black nationalist and African-centered conference that I have been a part of, that I'm aware of, that I know about, one of the biggest disappointments is their lack of documentation of the damn lectures at their damn conference. The Joke Conference, I think 2008, attempted to rectify that, where where you type all that in and they've got practically every lecture that they did online. They videotaped it, and, and folks hooked it up and put it together and put everything up online. That that was great. Um, I haven't seen any since, so maybe that was too time-consuming. But the only conference that I know of that, that, that does it well and has been doing it consistently and doing it consistently well is the Sankofa Conference. They, they provide um, audio. You know, they can give it to you straight MP3 or put it on CD. So that Sunday when the conference is over with, you put in your order form, you can get all the talks of the conference. And and, and they're available, you know, posts. So you can go back when they started from 2006 and, and look through, you know, all the different presentations and order stuff. And... ASCAC sort of kind of does it, and 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 um, who else? ABCI. <laughs> they need to make an attempt. Uh, it's it's just upsetting that that some of these conferences have been around for thirty and forty years, and there is no archives that we can go back to and get this lecture, hear that person, or see this person on DVD, or, or, or put them in book form. 
ASCAC, you know, did that back in the 80s with one of their conferences, and they haven't done it since. Again, maybe it's too cost ineffective or maybe work some. I don't know. It just irks the hell out of me that you got all these conferences, all these great things being talked about, and if you weren't there, you're asked out. That, that, that. Okay, that's my rant. So <laughs> I want to play some music, and then we'll come in and get into the show. Again, for the folks who are in the chat and for the folks who are listening live or even in the archives, if you go to the show page, um, click on that first link. That's the Google Docs link that we'll be reading from. Um, in the Nyame and Sheshe paradigm, we'll be on page 8 of the 11-page document. We'll be continuing um, with Saban Shune and with that righteous character, and we'll definitely finish that up and see how much more of the last two we can get into tonight. Um, in the ideal world, We'll finish it all tonight because there will be overtime, um, connection connection willing, <laughs> phone connection willing. There will be overtime, and we'll get through as much again, but we're not going to rush through it because the standards to being African is highly, highly important. I'll keep saying it. Too many folks are just saying if a black person do it, then it's African, no. Too many folks are trying to get to call their organization African just because they got black folks in it. No. There is an ontological, philosophical, cosmological, all those other, there are those underpinnings behind the thoughts of whatever person X is saying, whatever organization X is putting out there. And 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 that's where you look to see if the organization, if the person is is coming from an African base. You can have a pro-black organization that ain't got nothing to do with Africa. They just want all black people in America to do certain things. Uh, we need to move beyond that because there are some steep limitations in that type of analysis. Uh, you got individuals spousing off a whole bunch of stuff on blogs, talking other places, and conscious-sounding usernames, and you get them talking, and you get them talking, and you see that they themselves don't like Africa, hate Africa, has nothing but negativity to say about Africa. So, again, I'm, these shows, Standards of Being African and Yame and Shea Shea Paradigm, is to give you, the listener, the ammo, to be able to gauge anything that you're dealing with and put it through these 120 points and see, does it fit in with uh, ancient and traditional African way of thought and way of living, or if it doesn't? Then you decide if it should be shunned or if it should be moved towards. Play some music, shut up, and get back into Saban Trené, Righteous, character.
Africa's reascension. That was Mamadi Katia. All right. So, again, we will be moving on in Saban Trine. Um, click on the Google Docs link, and we were on page eight, item number 14. Or that's page 21. Um, again, um, I don't think through Google Docs you can um, print and do all that sort of stuff. Maybe you can. I'm not sure. But if you want a copy of the document, just uh, shoot me an email, Kamal301 at yahoo.com, K-A-M-A-U-301. Excuse me, at yahoo.com, and I can uh, send you the PDF of the document that we'll be reading from. But otherwise, just check it out on your computer, and we'll be going from there. Before I read from that, though, I did want to read a quick thing to help explain just the the, the Bontrane piece. And this is from the um, from the same people, but they also do a journal two two times a year called the Sankofa Journal. Um, the Pan-African Journal of Nation Building and Reafricanization, And this is from April 2010. Saban Trine, or morality, is that system of beliefs and concepts grounded in history and cultures that provide those prescriptions for virtuous behavior at the personal level and the social order. It facilitates an orderly and productive social existence. Its temporal interpretation is the province of recognized, accomplished, and esteemed elders. For Sankofaman, or the world global African community, that's, that's the tree term they've created for it, Sankofaman. It is based on the traditional virtue systems of Kemet, Mande, Akan, Yoruba, and others. So what we've been going through yesterday, and we'll finish up today, Saban Trine, a system of beliefs and concepts grounded in our history and our culture that are prescriptions for virtuous behavior individually and at a collective level. And it's it has looked through ancient systems of Kemet, um, traditional systems of Yoruba and Akan, of Mende and of others that they that they have studied and that they have actually had physical connections with um, and and helped put these together. So, well, actually, since it's talking about. Okay, no, no, no. Generosity is a companion to compassion. Generosity is to give earnestly of oneself. This generosity supersedes quantification, and it originates in the capacity to connect with and know others in a way that transcends the material. It is an expression of a concern for order and justice. And I think I got a chance to read this last time before it had clicked off on me. And um, 
Yeah. And I think it ties in with the compassion one, with what I said also in that if you get someone who is very generous in your organization, you don't want to abuse that, you don't want to misuse that and overuse them and all that, um, definitely because those type of folks are very rare. And once you do get them in, um, I've seen myself, we, we burn them out. You want them to give more and more and more, and then they end up leaving the organization. They become deluded and all that sort of stuff. we we got to stop doing that. Uh, number 15, the relationships of married persons or companions anticipating marriage are among those sacred relationships that should not be violated by the inappropriate behaviors of the partners themselves or of non-associated persons, including those behaviors originating in lust, envy, and deceit. That one should go without saying. (laughs) But um, unfortunately, with divorce rates the way they are, and with us not knowing ourselves and only thinking that we can act and be in this reality and in this way, we follow them, and therefore our divorce numbers are are off the charts. So much so that I remember hearing recently that black women are the least likely to be married right now as the statistics have come out. Uh, Black women are the least likely to be married. And it it takes me back to, I forget the title, but a book by Rosie Milligan. I think it was on black black male-female relationships or why do black men like white women or something. I forget the title of the book. But she basically just came straight out and said, the reason why black relationships aren't working is because the black woman is trying to be, (laughs) the black woman is trying to act like a white woman and or the black man is trying to act like a white man. And so those those hookups become problematic because if you actually get at least somebody that's pro-black, maybe they're not all the way African-centered, but you at least get a pro-black brother or sister and they hook up with somebody and, and, and whichever gender, you know, they're trying to act white, there's going to be conflicts. If you get a pro-black brother who gets with a sister who wants to act like a white woman, there's going to be conflict and then vice versa. Um, and and it may look good all the way up. I even heard one brother, he was complaining. Now, it was supposed to be both folks talked a good African game, but once they started getting together and stuff, got it more, got to a point where it was more serious, and they were just talking about rings, getting a ring and stuff, she still wanted the um, platinum or titanium or whatever the hell the new the new precious metal is that the Caucasoids get the women hyped up on. But she had to have that particular type of ring. And, you know, old boy was like, um, we don't make nowhere near close to that type of money for us to be getting that type of ring and we shouldn't be dealing with that sort of type of stuff anyway and 
um, you know, what happened to be impractical and African, and she just wasn't hearing it. And, and I've heard similar cases on, on more than one instance. Um, Africa Center, out of their mouth women wanting these big, huge, lavish, crazy, I would say, style type of weddings. Um, and it's just like all the yeah, it, it should be a once-in-a-lifetime event. Yeah, it, it definitely, you know, should be done nice and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars dollars $60,000, $100,000 on a wedding, you know, it could have been more a little bit more practical in the cost and then save half or some of that money and then put it into a joint institution that you two build or a joint program that you two come up with, you know, y'all still will be married now to the community. Yeah, yeah, you know, still will be guided by both groups of ancestors that, that, that watched over y'all and brought y'all two together in the first place, all that sort of stuff. It, it, the wedding has to also go beyond just the material as well. And, um, I don't know, I ain't going to get too, too much in that. But the it, it's sacred relationship. Um, it should not be violated, especially by inappropriate behaviors inside or outside the relationship. You know, just speaking directly to the, the, the cheating the 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 lion to cause deceit within a marriage or within a soon to be marriage, you know all that sort of stuff. Don't do it. Um, don't do it. It's a sacred responsibility and it's a sacred union. Don't do it. Tying into that, number sixteen, sexual relations are not trifles. These encounters must be restricted to the domain of sacred and community-sanctioned relationships as they serve to cement those relations and provide the means for materialization of other human spirits and the perpetuation of the lineage. It is a very true statement. People who you become intimate with, their energy stays with you. It is a very true statement. The people you have sexual relations with, their energy stays with you. I haven't now. I've heard it that quite a bit. I haven't heard how long those energies stay with you, but I know. <laughs> I'm testifying. Uh, need a better word for it, but um, out of that Christian context. But y'all feel me, and so that's where number sixteen really comes in. At you getting together with. Um, all these sisters who got the negative, again, wannabe, cogazoid-type energy. <laughs> ah, Sister Kim is testifying in the, in the chat room. You get what, you know, and, and all these cogazoid proclivities, it, 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 it carries over into you. On you, so you may even have left the relationship and left that particular person, but you still have some of that psychological baggage that you'll need spiritual work and a spiritual bath to cleanse you of. Um, but that does taint um, 
your future your future um, possible relationships. Um, yeah, I ain't gonna get into. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, again, that just hell, just fifteen and sixteen could be a whole show amongst themselves. Oh, I got add in number seventeen to conjugal relations are appropriate only in consensual adult heterosexual unions. Conjugal relations are appropriate only in consensual adult heterosexual unions. Self-explanatory, don't need to go into that. But, um, yeah, with that energy piece, I could just go into my own... (laughs) history of failed relations and getting over past wounds and bringing certain luggage into um, the new relationship and having that, you know, mess up stuff or or stifle stuff or give it an added obstacle that it didn't need, all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure everyone has their stories about that too. Um, So I just put it out there and, 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 and let y'all think about that. But what I will say is that if you have a a a a, a uh, spiritual an African spiritual community in your area that you trust, um, and you are experiencing stuff like this and maybe issues in the relationship and stuff, go to them and get a, see how much it'll cost to get a spiritual bath. And 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 um, go through that process to help cleanse some of that negative, crazy energy that was brought over from person X, or that you yourself are harboring and you haven't dealt with it properly. The the, the spiritual bath can help um, change up the energy configurations amongst yourself. You may also need to get a reading done, and there may be some more direct. Uh, work that needs to be done, but but a spiritual bath can at least get that process started. So you might want to look into that and check that out um, as well. Number 18, still in um, Saban Trinay, Righteous Character. Productivity and work are the preoccupation of those whose life path leads to material success and proximity to the deities and ancestors and their blessings. So be productive. Do the work. It's not only for material success. It leads to that. But the deities and the ancestors have to add their blessings on to what it is that you're trying to do for it to fully be productive and for it fully to work. Um, 
See, I, I tapped on something. Let's let's go back for a minute. We'll come back to number eighteen, but um, Kim put in the chat room because sometimes the one that you have been with, I'm assuming been with sexually and left in a relationship, don't want those sexual feelings to end, so they keep thinking about it, or they try to target, go after um, your weakness. Yeah, to bring you back in. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, we could just stay on this one. <laughs> Maybe we might come back to it at, at, at a later time, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 I, I've got a few in my past that have gotten away that were actually pretty good and, and I didn't handle my baggage properly, and they got away, and so I reminisce about that, and they're like, damn, I should have did it this way, or I shouldn't have said that. And then, yeah, that gets in the way of the healing process. It, it You know, it keeps you focused to make sure that it doesn't happen again, but it could also get in the way, too. And so you don't want to over-focus on it. You want to focus on it, expend the energy to correct the behavior, to correct your radar, <laughs> if you will, and then um, then move on. While I really try to, me personally, I really try to get let the let the experience that I'm having with that person be a you as a unique experience as possible as it can be. So now, if they do do something that that gets me thinking about a past relationship and then maybe a flag or a come up and like, oh damn, they're doing that again i will i I will you know note that in my head, but I will still try to tell myself that this is a unique person, this isn't person X. Let's see how they deal with it. Let's see how they deal with me bringing it up that I noticed this behavior. Uh, and, then, you know, ideally everything won't happen exactly like it may have done with person X in the past. And so now if, if a whole bunch of stuff just starts repeating itself, then, yeah, you want to run <laughs> from it. But I really try to give each 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 new sister that I deal with um, their own unique um, experience in dealing with me versus bringing in all of the baggage of the past. And then especially if they've done something and it makes me be like, uh-oh, are they doing X again? I, I note it, but I try to give them their space to do it their way. And, and it could... Sometimes, you know, it's in a different manner, and then it's good that you didn't overreact. Sometimes it's in a bad manner, and then you got to run, <laughs> just scrap it and go to something new. But that's that's what I try. That's what I aspire to do is, is as much of a clean slate starting off, you know, as possible, and then go from there. Now, of course, it's easier said than done, but... You know, you got to have the goals. You got to move towards that and, and actually work towards it, and uh, hope for the best. So yeah. So so again, moving forward now. 
18, productivity and work are the preoccupations of those whose life path leads to material success and proximity to the deities and ancestors and their blessings. So if you're just working solely for the money and you, you you haven't asked for any blessings, you haven't asked if this was something that I should be doing, you know, from the deities and ancestors, it will only be met with a certain limited type of success. But if what you're doing, if the productivity and the work that you're doing does have the deities and ancestors backing and blessings, then the material success will be off the chart because you've got the material, the the, the, the physical and the spiritual balance in that productivity and work. And the spiritual blessings will just rain forth all of the material blessings. 19, cleanliness of body is requisite for physical health. The physical body is one's principal shrine. The maintenance of the body then facilitates one's spiritual development. Cleanliness of the mind facilitates integrity and good character. It also facilitates an ordered living environment and an ordered and productive life. 20. Slander and innuendo are the tools of the enemy of Africa. They are implements of division, dissension, and disorder. Slander and innuendo are tools of the enemy of Africa. They are the implements of division, dissension, and disorder. How can we say that with 100% accuracy? Coentail Pro of the 60s. For those who don't know, FBI, y'all, government, consciously and deliberately help fuel tensions between the US organization and the Panthers. It has been documented numerous times that they, y'all government, created letters and mailed it, because, you know, they were watching folks and surveilling folks. So if they knew that a certain relationship was rocky, in the Panthers or in the US organization, that's, I mean, you know, male-female relationships. That's how that's how deep it went. They would send letters to the girlfriend saying that old boy was cheating, or they would send letters to the boyfriend saying that old girl was cheating. It's documented. Get some of the um, autobiographies and biographies and check it out for yourself. Get the book Cointel Pro. Um, talks about it itself. Um, they also created letters, y'all government, of course, helping the pit, the Panthers versus the US organization. Um, now, there's still a whole bunch of other stuff around the US organization I'm not going to get into right now um, that, that I'm sure fostered some of that, but just outside of that other stuff, the government was deliberately pitting those two organizations against each other um, 
And one of the ways that they did it was through slander and innuendo based on sending false letters <laughs> to the organization and within the organization. So, again, you can get um, Elaine Brown, Taste for Power. She talks about it. You can get um, Huey P. Newton, um, Revolutionary Suicide. He talks about it. Um, I think, because it's been a while since I read it, um, Bobby Seals um, sees the time. I think he talks about it. Um, 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 ah, what's Scott Brown? Fighting for Us, that's the title of that book. He talks about it within the organization, so yeah. <laughs> so slander and innuendo is our tools of the enemy of Africa. Now, of course, we know if you listen to blog talk at any length in time that slander and innuendo is all up and down here. And so we try to steer as far away from that as possible here on Africa's Reascension if I'm going to say something directly about somebody, either I got some proof directly or I will just say this is Kamau's opinion, this is how I feel, such and such, and whoop-de-whoop. But as far as just straight-out slander and, and innuendo and all that sort of stuff, eh, we don't we don't rock that way here um, as much as possible because, again, we agree that they are the implements of division, dissension, and disorder. 21. Laziness is a sickness born in part from incomplete parenting, fear, and insecurity. It is masked by a sane, dispassionate unconcern. It is an escape pod from reality including personal developmental challenges that become in time a personal prison, the walls of which cannot be breached either from the inside or the outside. Selfishness is a companion to laziness. Twenty-two, revenge is an inappropriate objective in human relations. Knowing that reciprocity is real and effective and understanding one's own role in the processes that led to a personally unfavorable outcome is paramount. 23, the willful and or malicious taking of a life and the willful harming of another are offenses against the family, clan, and community to which that person belongs. And then 24, the last one in righteous character, mastery of the self, mastery of impulse without reason, is a virtue of the wise, the modest, and the strong. Self-control evidences an ear for the voices of the ancient ones. Hmm. 
<clears throat> Maybe we need a new word for it. But there has to be some get back for the 400 years as far as chattel mafia and the straight up unmitigated killing of us by Caucasoids today. So maybe we, it can be defined outside of revenge. I'm trying to think, Baba Baruti, he calls it righteous rage. Um, there ha- and and I know these folks who put it together, <laughs> who put the the Nyame Sheshe paradigm together. So I know that you know they're not saying that 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 Caucasoids can just get off and and we shouldn't do anything. Because I can see some folks taking those last three or four and running with it and saying, well, oh, well, you know, Caucasoids, we can't do anything about what they did. We just need to do other stuff. And that's not what they're saying. I can tell you that. And the people affiliated with them are not saying that either. my interpretation, especially of the revenge piece, is on the personal level, is that um, you have to look at what you did to bring it around. You have to understand reciprocity, um, and you directly shouldn't deal with, you know, revenge and stuff like that. Um, it can be very consuming, energy-consuming, all that sort of stuff. Um, semicolon though on that um, on the collective level Caucasoids and traitors to the African race who basically had a 600 year walk on being able to kill black life and get away with it and something has to be done about that something has to be done about that For for every one Troy Davis, there should be three Caucasoids that 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 that, that join him. I I just I, <laughs> I, 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 I I'm you know trying to choose the words properly based on the form that's being used, but I'm also trying to. Address something that's real Uh, Folks like Jesse Lee Peterson And folks like uh, What's his name Um, Manning Pastor Manning or something Should not have a, 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 A Platform To spew what they spew just period. I mean, those two are examples of the extreme stupidity within um, the black race. Jesse Lee Peterson, and I think his is Pastor Manning, and he just says some of the most stupidest, outrageous, anti-black stuff that you have 
ever heard in your life as a black man or 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 as a person with black skin, this this Pastor Manning guy. Um, and this Jesse Lee Pearson fool, he he has come out on his show directly and said he is happy for slavery. He's happy that white folks brought us from Africa over here. You know, it's folks like that that just go so far <laughs> that 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 they don't they should not have a freaking platform to be spewing the stupidity that they're spewing. Um. What to do with them, I ain't going to say. I'll just say that some stupidity just gets so out there that there needs to be a counter. There needs to be a a, a meeting. <laughs> there needs to be some face-to-face time with some of these folks, and, 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 and stuff gets handled that way. Um, but I don't want folks to take... Um, 23, 24, and 25. Just excuse me, 22, 23, 24. Just to say that 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 Caucasoids and 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 those who think like them are off the hook because they're not. Righteous rage is an effect, and 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 is. Righteous rage is an effect and is being worked out and how to apply it <laughs> and, and, and how to do it. Right now, it may be not a good time because the community isn't coalesced in a, you know, there, there are po- commu- community pockets around in different places, but as far as one or two or three just like solid ones. So when you start enacting some of the righteous rage, you've got some numbers behind you and all that sort of stuff. I don't think we're at that level yet. And so especially within the context of an African community and Africans dealing with other African people, other right righteous Africans dealing with other righteous Africans, I would say, 22, 23, and 24 definitely fit and are are in line with that. But in dealing with anti-Africans and in dealing with anti-African Caucasoids, I think there may be there may need to be some asterisks <laughs> put behind them because um, you can't just kill. 200 million people and think you're going to get away with it. Point blank. You can't do it. And 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 at some point it will be answered. You can't just take over the the the, the, the world's largest landmass and get away with it. You just can't take away my home and put me somewhere else. And get away with it. And 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 Africa's reascension is is that beacon for people who are like, "F that! You are not going to get away with this. One way, some type of level, you not only will you pay, because that's one half of it, but we will rebuild. 
and we will live our lives our way. So, so, so payback, <laughs> righteous rage is one of it, but then rebuilding is the other part of it. And 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 as Brother Tosh would definitely um, co-sign on, we don't hear enough of that rebuilding piece. We just hear the get back piece. And, and, and there's got to be both. We hear the get back piece. We don't hear the let's get free piece. We hear the let's let's take Cosmoids out, but we don't hear once they're gone, what are we going to rebuild? So we've got to be both, both of them. Righteous rage and rebuilding. Reactionization and dewitening, both. All right, so we got through to Bonchene, righteous character. The next category after a break will be reactionization, personal and collective healing, transformation, and development. Um, that would be page 22. There's 13 points in there. And we got a little under an hour. So maybe we could even get through reaffirmation during the live feed and then be able to jump into nation building, national sovereignty, and the war of irreconcilable cultural realities in the overtime. And feasibly, Finish it up today. That's what we're going to work for. But, yeah, again, I'm just looking at the chat room. Madasi, thank you so much. This is a good chat room going on um, here. Th- these, this series of shows, the standards of being African and Yame and Shay Shay, um, is looking to be, um, it's still the second most successful. The the, the shows we did on Mass Organization, yeah, mass organizing still are the most successful <laughs> lecture series that we've done, but a lot of people have taken interest in the, this particular set of shows. And, and, and so, one, I definitely have to say, um, Madasi, two, um, the Abbasun and Esmanfo for telling me to do this, to do these shows. And then definitely Madasi to everyone that's 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 eagerly listening and eagerly downloading and hopefully eagerly sharing them with other folks. Again, to get the standards down. Personal standards, the collective, larger collective standards. And then as we move forward with these um looking into again, like we said, nation building, some aspects and ideas of some principles that should go into um, building the nation. So they're also, they've looked in the past, dealing with the present, dealing with collective, dealing with personal, and now we'll also be looking into a little bit of aspects of future, um, or looking for a future ah, program development, future nation building development, future development within the African community. So, play a quick break, get some water. 
Madasi again to everyone that's in the chat and that's listening live and who will uh, download this. Pass it on to your friends. Pass on the whole series to your friends. we got to understand what being African really means so that we can then live it and do it and so that we can create organizations that live it and do it and get out of this messed up condition that we're in back after the break. Africa's reascension. Kamal McCasey Tahuti. As of this moment, we are at war. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamal 301. K-A-M-A-U 301. 760-454-1111. 760-454-1111. When are we going to, as African people, step up the dialogue? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Because it's black African power. An uncompromising, unapologetic, African-centered internet radio show. Until we reestablish Africa as the preeminent value, none of those other solutions mean a doggone thing. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. If you're not about nation building, you're not about African centeredness. 760-454-1111. 760-454-1111. As of this moment, we are at war. There's no evidence that black and white races can live in close proximity to each other in peace without, without whites attempting to oppress and exterminate the black. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. What kind of God do you wish it? What's the name of it? Who taught you to praise him? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Is this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. To the same degree that your attitude, that your understanding of, an attitude toward Africa becomes positive, you'll find that your understanding of and your attitude toward yourself will also become positive. And this is what the white man knows. Africa's Reascension, Kamal McCasey Tahuti. Had to play my long promo. And um, um, let's see. I know Sister E, you got Sister E, if you're still listening, um, one, do you have a commercial? And two, do you play commercials on your show? Hit me up in the chat and let's see if we can um, exchange some commercials. And Ties, you really need you a commercial man. I, either I can make one, or because or, I want to play y'all stuff on my show too. I'm always giving y'all props at the beginning, letting folks know of the other good blog talk shows. But it'd be great, 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 great if I also had a minute, thirty second. I'll even do two minute commercial that I can play advertising y'all's show. So Sister Ia, Brother Taj, we need to talk. All right. 
760-454-1111. We got about 45 minutes left in the show. We are going through standards of being African. Nyame and Sheshe, in Nyame's order, it was it is in a book called The Sankofa Movement, Reafrianization and the Reality of War. If you go back to the first one of these, uh, I've got a picture of the book there. Um, you can hit me up if you want a copy of the book as well. Um, I, again, like I say, I know the folks who put it together. They're here in D.C. It's 22 bucks. Um, I don't think they have a PayPal or anything, and we don't want you going through Amazon to get this type of book. Um, so we can work something out if you want a copy of this book, Sankofa Movement, Reaffinization, and the Reality of War. Again, just shoot me up with an email, and either I can put you in touch with them or I can be the liaison to get it from them to you or whatever. Um, Kamau 301 K-A-M-A-U 301 At yahoo.com um, We are on page 22 And I'm actually reading from the document So I don't have the Google Docs So it might be page 9 On the Google Docs I'm not sure But um, <clears throat> We are at G Reaffinization Personal and Collective Healing, Transformation, and Development. Number one, the person is a unique expression of the ancestral clan and is linked to that continuum. Number two, there are no individuals. I'm still looking for my Amos Wilson quote, and I'm going to find it damn it, <laughs> where he goes through and walks through this individual thing and has a bunch of crap. But within this specific context, the person is a unique expression of the ancestral clan and is linked to that continuum, and there are no individuals. I did, Oh, I did speak to this in a prior show. When you look at Kamal, when you look at Sister Ia, when you look at Taj, when you look at Miss Sapphire, when you look at Pianchi, I'm just naming folks at random in the chat, when you look at these people, you know, you're face-to-face with them, you not only see them, but from the African understanding of reality, you see their ancestors. The person you are seeing right there is just the latest expression or the latest continuation of that ancestral line. Or as Kwesi Rai would say, if that's circulage, instead of line or lineage, he calls it a circulage because we come back, we bebra, or the closest English term would be reincarnate in our same lineage. So it's a circle versus a line, circulage. But So... There are no individuals. You are not alone, cut off from everything, and you're just an atomized individual as everything in this corporate society lies to you and makes you think you are. Your ancestors are always with you. The deities are always with you. 
Odumakuman, Ola Room, got your back. You are the latest expression, the latest continuation of your lineage. And all of that comes with you in dealing with another individual, in dealing with a mate, in going into an organization, all of that. And so that, that, that's, again, something to break out of the idea of the atomized individual. And, again, if you read some of this European stuff, if you just listen to folks, they, they have hardly zero connections to ancestors, zero, zero, zero connection to deities. We won't even deal with Christianity. Um, that helps block out any ancestral voices. Uh, it's just you, all by yourself. You got to do it all by yourself. Counter that with the African understanding, our understanding that you are not just solely an individual all by yourself. The deities and the ancestors are there with you. At all times. This one, the next one, number three, is interesting. The intellect and emotions serve jointly to facilitate the ordered experience of the physical. It is the spirit in its quest for resolution of personal and or collective challenges and development that is the driving force. Intellect and emotions serve jointly to facilitate the ordered experience of the physical. Being raised in Caucasoid society, we have been told through every way possible that the intellect is higher than and better than emotions. By being raised in this Caucasoid society, all within the sound of my voice, have been told to look down on emotions and emotional responses. I'm talking this way deliberately (laughs) and spacing my words out like that I just did deliberately so y'all will hear this. We are supposed to use our intellect and our emotions jointly to have an ordered African life. To be overly intellectual and have no emotion is not the proper way to live life. To be overly emotional and to have no intellectual development is not the way to live life. A lot of men 
are out of balance because they want to just focus on the intellect and emotions are a bad thing. That's a woman thing. Women are out of balance because they are socialized solely to be emotional. But don't think. Don't use your brain. Don't pick up a damn book. Don't pick up a damn nonfiction book. All of that is out of balance. And it's because we were raised in a society that thinks that that imbalance is the right way to live. And we see how it has manifested in their society. And to the degree that we believe these causatory lies about intellect and emotion, to that same degree, we have those maladaptions within our existence. Intellect and emotions are to be balanced, and they serve jointly to facilitate an ordered existence. I cannot stress that. I've heard far too many times on good, good shows here on Blog Talk, and I've heard too many times in, in personal dealings with people the total disregard and put down and all that of, of emotion, especially from the brothers, especially from us men. Emotions is a woman thing. You shouldn't have it, and don't show no emotion. That 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 was not us in ancient times. That was not us in traditional times. It's unfortunately become us in modern times. Madasitaj. He adds in the chat room, we must adhere to my aunt and the balance of the left and right hemisphere of our brain. Caucasoid culture is in balance and our continued enslavement has caused an imbalance within most of us. But doc, that did, uh, <laughs> that did, exactly, exactly. And even outside of the brain, if we just, well, yeah, we can leave it in the brain. Yeah. Bam. He, he, he said it great. So let's throw in number four now. Intuition is an expression of the linkage between the terrestrial, the physical, and the spiritual. Again, what do you say? Caucasoid culture is imbalanced, and our continued enslavement has caused an imbalance within us. We are told that intuition is that. That's just, yeah, that's no big deal. Don't even deal with that. Or or we reduce it and say it's that gut feeling. But intuition, see, I want to asterisk this because if you're not, I think, this has just come out. see, See how I do this? This has just come out talking now. I think if a person isn't clear enough spiritually, to be able to feel and get certain messages, that your intuition 
can get skewed because of your non-clarity within certain spiritual matters. Now, now again, that's just me, and I could be wrong, but it just seems that I'm thinking that there has to be a little bit more um, spiritual maturity to fully interpret intuitive and gut feeling. Because I think you can feel something, you can get something in your gut, but it'll be based off of some flawed information that you had in the past, and then your gut will react off of that flawed information from the past, and it'll seem like it's a gut feeling. But there was some other miscommunications that was going on that didn't get cleared up, that has continued, and then it has led to a faulty gut or intuitive reading of a particular thing. So now, again, I could be wrong on that. That's just me talking. But coming back to the document, I do agree that intuition is an expression of the linkage between the physical and the spiritual, the terrestrial and the spiritual. And more times than not, you know, follow your gut, listen to your intuition, Semicolon, always make sure that it's being fed and being properly nurtured with, you know, good spiritual development so that what you're, what you're taking in, how you're processing it, uh, will be in line with what it actually was meant to be. Because if, if, if yeah, I said that. Okay. Number five. Culture is the principal determinant in human, in historical development. Culture is the product of the collective history of a people and is being constantly informed by the forces of the seen and the unseen. And so, again, another reason why you just, if you come from an African perspective, you have to love this Sunyama and Shea paradigm, you have to love this book, um, Sekofa Movement, Reaffinization and Reality of War, is that they are always bringing it back. They are always making sure to tie in the spiritual aspects within, within what they're talking about. Constantly, page after page after page. And that helps, you know, let me know that they are coming from an African perspective. And when you read so many books that talk about solutions to this, this, that, and the other, and they don't add in the spirit piece in anything, I I, I will not say throw that book all the way out. I won't go that far because I know some good people who have written who have not added that element in. But I will say just take note of it. Hardly anybody adds in the African spirit piece um, with tangible reality. It's just, you know, your own, again, it's it. Folks deal with African spirituality as if they were dealing with Christianity as in the African spiritual peace is your own personal thing and it's your own personal relationship between you and Odomar. Not really. 
sort of, kind of, yeah, there is that, that there is that personal aspect that only you and your Ori deal with, that you and your lead, I assume, deal with, and all that. That that is there. However, there is also deeply, deeply within it a an aspect of dealing with the collective, of dealing with when you really get into it, of adding spirit within your nation-building dynamics. And we don't get that. We don't get that understanding of African spirituality, how how it relates to the collective, how it relates to building your nation, how it relates to creating national rituals that must be done annually, how it relates to um, where you build your buildings. How it relates to how you you know we we haven't gotten there yet, and that might be for the next generation to to take it to that next level because we're still coming out of this Christian crap, and for those of us who are are got half a toe in the christian crap and and the other foot whole foot into the African stuff, there's still some spillover and carryover, so there's still a lot of Christian crap within some of the African spiritual interpretations. And so they fully, solely want to segment the spiritual piece to just your personal life, and it has nothing to do with the wider world and and how you do other stuff. And that's Christian crap carryover, the three Cs. Christian crap carryover. When you deal with Africa on her own terms, and, 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 and dealing with the spiritual peace. Again, like I say, there are certain days you can't build stuff because you either got a national holiday you got to go through. There's a taboo of certain stuff on that particular day. Um, uh, a couple of, a whole bunch of reasons I can't even think of in voice, but on the spiritual level that 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 is outside of just that, individual person, that when we get really into this nation-building piece, we'll have to take into account. Um, and, and and so, yeah. And so I really, so I said all that to say I really like how in, in the Nyame Sheshe paradigm and in this book as a whole, it keeps bringing it back up. It keeps putting it in the fore. How did they say it again? Culture is the principal determinant in historical development. Culture is the product of the collective history of a people and is being constantly informed, hear this, by the forces of the seen and unseen. I really love that. But now, take you out to that first line. Class, they didn't say class. Class is a determinant, but culture is the principal determinant in historical development. There is no aspect of life that operates outside of a cultural makeup. 
<laughs> See, I was trying to finish this out. Tarish going to ask a good question. What is the political agenda of African traditional beliefs, i.e. Yoruba Akan? Because unlike Christianity or Islam, many individuals who practice traditional African beliefs do not connect the freedom, nation-building aspect to their practice. My gut is telling me that that will be something that we, those of us reclaiming outside of the continent, will bring to the continent. What I mean by that is we did not have or we crushed all of our enemies, for so long, and we are so old that we necessarily did not have that political peace attached to our spirituality. And we could also say that that was a mistake of us as well because we did not tie we didn't tie it in. We didn't tie them together until it was too late, until the Bamos were already on top of us, and then we had to scurry and, and, and you know, the stories of the Mau Mau and then the stories down in South Africa and what they were doing and in the Congo and what they were doing. Um, so we started it too late. We started to tie in the spiritual beliefs with, the political piece a little bit too late now. Kemet, they understood it. I think Kemet was able to, um, and especially after the 18th, during the 18th dynasty, I think they got it and they started, you know, tying them in a little bit better. But again, somewhere we lost it. And I would say the answer to that would be, and, and Sister E.M., Pianki, y'all in there, so y'all can chime in too if, I'm, if y'all think I'm off. But um, I think it will be your, the, the, the real answer to your question will come from us outside of the continent, but who are, you know, reclaiming in the proper way to properly tie those two things together. I know Mama Rimba ties, speaks on that in both her books and in almost every time she gets to talk. She talks about the fact that we have to make our um, spirituality political. Uh, our, our, our culture must be political. Everything must have that political and not in, you know, the Democrat, Republican, all this sort of stuff, but in, in the politics of creating your existence in in in. in In setting up organized society, you have to tie in consciously and deliberately, you have to tie in your spirituality with those quote unquote political leanings. Um, again, I think the traditional societies may have done that to a lesser degree. Again, because they didn't have 
we didn't have long-time enemies for a long time. And then when Islam came and the Arabs, and then by the time Caucasoids came and their Christianity, they caught us on our heels. And, and we didn't have it fused together properly and tightly enough um, to withstand that onslaught. And unfortunately, we're redoing it again today. You've got, I can only think of one Yoruba house and one Akan house who are deliberately and outright um, spiritually based and na- na- nationalistic in their, in their outlook. Most of the other houses that I know of, at least, just want to do the spiritual peace or just want to do the spiritual peace and may have a little bit of teeny weeny bit of outreach. But I only know one year of a house and one Akan house that are explicitly and deliberately we're doing the spiritual peace for, you know, cultural and political and nation building aspects and aspirations and stuff like that. And so we're sort of reduplicating the same mistake. So if they come for all of us now, you know, are we in a position to spiritually be able to beat them back like we should have at home in our own land? I would say right now, no, we're not. And so uh, that's a whole other show because I think we need a cleaning of the house, of the house, of the houses. I think for the next hundred years there should not be any house, any spiritual African spiritual house that does that is not political and that is not dealing with nation building. They they should go fully underground, shut the hell up, leave us alone. Every above ground African spiritual house, you dealing with nation building. You dealing with larger community development. You dealing with all of that. We get that going for a hundred years. <laughs> And then after there's more people on board and more synergy going on with them, then these other ones that just want to do the spiritual stuff can then come back from underground up. But there's too many of them now versus the other ones. And so, yeah, there, there, there isn't that linking of the spiritual with the political. And so... There, need, there definitely needs to be more of it. Um, it is a problem, and um, ah, you leaving, Sister Sarah? Thank you uh, for the support. Definitely. I'm, I'm reading stuff in the chat room. <clears throat> we still here. We got 17 more minutes. Um, so yeah, so that that's that's my quick answer to the question. Um, it may have to be. Um, done from us on the outside and brought into the continent. Uh-oh. Um, is anyone else having sound issues? You're still saying I'm connected on my phone and on the switchboard. 
Um, and Sister E, I was typing away so she could hear me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Miss um, Sapphire, maybe you just have to refresh. I think everyone else can hear me. Uh, fine. But, yeah, so 16 minutes left. It will be overtime so we can get through it. Excellent question, Taj. I hope I answered it somewhat. Um, and, 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 and Sister Ia added in some stuff as well. Um, if you want to continue this to get as far as we can get in the overtime, 760 454 Ah, okay. Gotcha. <clears throat> Man, that's a good question. So you got my brain. <laughs> I'm going to stay on topic, Ty, so that was a good question. Uh Okay. And see, that's something I have been thinking about, but it's like, you know, how do you clean up the houses? Because everyone, you know, the process to become initiated, at least in the account system, is three years. And, and you know, there's like a, a, a small knit group of all the folks who have went through the process and, you know, folks know each other and know, you know, some of the stuff that's going on in different houses, and if it's not too egregious and all that, folks let it go, you know, it's great camaraderie, and it's like, you know, somebody, I think at some point, is going to have to stand up and be like, alright, um, if, if you allow white folks in your African spiritual house, if you allow in homosexuals in your white spiritual house, um, you need to go underground for some time because all above board activities need to be sending one specific coherent message because the way you're doing it um, isn't is confusing folks. And while we aren't going to shut you down, you know, per se, we do need to send a cohesive message to get our people to a certain place. And the way that you respectfully are running your house isn't in line with that. And so we need you to go on the ground, um, do your thing, do whatever, but as a collective, we have to move in a certain direction, and this is what we have all agreed to, and either you can be down or you can go underground. Um, all right, Sister Sapphire, sorry about that. I don't know what's going on, but, um, again, thanks for your support, and check it out in the archives. Check it out in the archives, please. Um, um, <laughs> she added in And what's up with some of those houses That's got um, White Bob Loud I, I, I mentioned that Just in like two pages In my book How to Make a Negro Christian 
I'm like, they they went through all of those efforts to keep us away from our spirituality during during enslavement. So they were the spiritual gatekeepers. You couldn't practice your own stuff. You got to practice Christianity. So plantation slavery is over with, and they decide to get more into um, the soft power aspects that we will be talking about at a future show. And, you know, give quote-unquote religious freedom, all that sort of stuff. You can do all of whatever you want to do, blah, 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 blah. So now they're the spiritual gatekeepers on the inside of the tradition. You can get into African spirituality if you want to. Just come on through me to get it. And to me, that's just the most asinine, backwards, crazy, in any other adjective I can think of. Um, and it's even worse. Like, okay, it's bad enough to have a cosmozoid, uh running a spiritual house. That's that's bad on its own. But then it's another crazy thing, or even more crazy, to have stolen Africans or black folks, period, in those houses that are led by these cosmozoids. So it's like if, if, if a cosmozoid is doing an African system, and he's supposedly the head of it, and it's for all only other cosmozoids, I still think it's stupid, but I think it would be less damaging <laughs> versus them then passing on their flawed, incomplete information to other African people. You can pass your lies on to your own folks. I don't really care about that. But you passing that stupidity on to us, and, and what must that person be going through within their own lineage to have been led to a white Bible lie or a white a comfort? Is it that just? See, yeah, you got <laughs> that's just whew, asininity to the infinite level. Period. Point blank. And like I said in my book, if you are in a house that's led by white folks, run. Yes, they want to be in everything. If if you in a house that's led by a cosmozoid, run from it, get out of it, period. If if you have to buy their books because they, some of them have taken on African names and are writing books like they're authorities, if you have to have to get them, make sure you, if you get the, the white boy in E5, make sure you back everything he say up with um, John Mason, who is a brother, and Ifa Babalao, Karate, and some of the other folks. Nah, don't. Do not give them the spirit. Do not give them the power to be spiritual gatekeepers within our own stuff. Christianity is not ours, and I go to my death saying that. But Yoruba, see, that's the thing. Christianity and Islam, folks are trying to make that questionably African. And so I've done shows and will do shows to shoot that down. It's unquestioned that Ifa, Akan, Ewe, Malinke, all of that is African. 
one question, zero question about that. But we run from that <laughs> and want to go to the highly arguable, I would say not African systems of Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, and fight me and Ea and Taj to make it African. You're going to fight me to make something questionably African, but run from and want to have nothing to do with systems that are unquestionably, unrefutably African. <laughs> yeah, you tripping, girl <laughs> Right, don't show them how to be African Or as even Baba Wade says it's, they, they shouldn't even be allowed to engage in conjecture On what it is to be African They ain't even allowed to get into the conversation Just do your thing, leave us alone Seven minutes left, seven six zero four five four one 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 one. We will continue this connection willing in the overtime. So you wanna stay live, seven six zero four five four one 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 one. So yeah, so that was the culture piece. That was number five, okay. Number six, re Africanization. Please hear this one, y'all. Please hear every word of this, y'all. Re-Africanization is that process of rediscovery, reclamation, and re-identification with the traditional culture of Africa. It is simultaneously the abandonment of non-African linkages, values, and behaviors. Reafrinization is the obligation of every African family and person. We should get this on a T-shirt. Reafrinization is the process of rediscovery, reclamation, and reidentification with traditional cultures of Africa. Stop at that period. Christianity, Islam, Europe, and Arabs are not the traditional cultures of Africa. Therefore, blackenizing and blackening their stuff up is not re-Africanization. It might be pro-black, it might get you to a certain level of consciousness, but it does not take you back to what we are talking about. It does not get you into what all these scholars that a lot of folks say they listen to and love were really getting into and talking about. It is that process of rediscovery, reclamation, and re-identification. 
So it's not just enough to say, oh, that's some cool history back then with those people back then and that stuff back then. Re-identification with the information. It is you. It is us. It is African people who are going through that. I'm not responding to that. Reaffinization, something in the chat room. Reaffinization is simultaneously the abandonment of non African linkages, values, and behaviors. Simultaneously. Reaffinize and de Connect, reconnect, and restore. That's the CEI will put it. We got to rediscover what it is, reclaim it as ours, and re-identify and make sh- and know that it's ours. And simultaneously abandoning non-African linkages, values, and behaviors. Not just thinking. Non-African things that we value and behaviorism. All of that is reafricanization. You can reafricanize without de-whitenizing and cause conflict. You can de-whitenize without reafricanizing, and that cause conflict. Simultaneous. Simultaneous. Man, that should be a T-shirt. Really, really. Non-African expressions, philosophies, religions, ideologies must be abandoned as norms in our lives. Now, folks who are reading along with me, yes, I did jump one because I wanted to get that in in the two minutes we got to tie it in with number six. Non-African expressions. Philosophies, religions, ideologies must be abandoned as norms in our lives. Expressions, philosophies, religions, ideologies. You know how much stuff that covers. I, I only got two minutes, <laughs> so I can't cover them all. I can cover them some in the break, um, after the break. So. Connection willing, we will continue this, see if we can get through all of this. We're almost done with the reaffirmation piece, and we'll get into some of the nation-building piece. Two minutes left, 760-454-1111, 760-454-1111. We're really, really getting into, about to wind up what it is to be African, standards of being African. Um, I have to see. Make sure you follow me if you haven't already. If we go do another show, uh, somebody wants somebody wants to get me to go to the um, Thela concert or the Thela thing that's going on, and I might go depending on funds. But if not, I'll be right here with you guys. Uh, so yeah, so we'll play the closing, and then play some music because nature is calling, 
and we will come back afterwards to continue. 760-454-1111. Madassi, so much for all the support. Just great, great stuff going on in the chat room. Um, and there's been great, great downloads, um, energy of this. So please continue to do it. Check out Taj's show, Pan-Africanism of Paris. Check out Ia's show, Mohemi um, Masu, Culture Rebirth Connections. Uh, and stick around with this show, Africa's Reascension, after the break, and some music. Abidi Fahodie, Total African Liberation, Yebede Inkonim, we will be victorious. of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control.
All right, we're back. Africa's Reascension. This is your host, Kamala Case Tahuti. That was um, some music from the Tigerite Festival, a big festival that was done back in 2010. Um, and they put a lot of the festival music on CD, and, and I was in the right place at the right time and, and got the CD, and there's some great music on there, and that was one of the many songs on there. So let's see if we get through the rest of this in an hour. So, yeah, so for those who missed it, and because, again, we put this on a T-shirt, re-Africanization is that process of rediscovery, reclamation, and re-identification with the traditional culture of Africa. It is simultaneously the abandonment of non-African linkages, values, and behaviors. Re-Africanization is the obligation of every African family and person. I'm tying six in with eight. Seven is good. We're going to read it, but I also like eight, nine, they should have said all, non-African expression, philosophies, religions, ideologies must be abandoned as norms in our lives. And, and, again, there's just so many things we could give a whole two hours on. Literally, I could do that. And just on six and eight, you could do that because expressions, philosophies, religions, ideologies, so many of those we claim as African or we claim can help African people, and they haven't and they aren't and they won't. If we could just get 100, 200 good years of focusing on African values, African behaviors, African spiritual systems, all that, African reality, could then, you know, we do it for 200 years and it don't work, okay, then, all right. And, of course, we're modernizing it without worsenizing it, keeping it up to date. If it don't work after 200 years, okay, all right, we got to look at something else. But we haven't yet had a, 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 or we, no, I shouldn't say had, we haven't created, we haven't made (laughs) uh, a time of consistency where we can bring it about. We've seen it be effective in pockets. When we got into who we were as African people and made that real, you get the Haiti Revolution. You get Palmares and Quilombo. You get um, um, some of the Jamaican Maroons. You get some of the Saramanca Maroons. Um, you know, you get when 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 you get the, Gullah, get the people in the Gullah Geechee Islands when we got back into our culture and made it real, not just, you know, talking about it, but tangible expressions as well as spiritual expressions and behavioral and value and all. When we did it whole, holistically like that, that's when you see the greatest amounts of success that we've had as a people in foreign lands. But it's been pockets because it hasn't been sustained 
you know, we love Kemet. That's like two, three thousand years of straight, direct African rule. We can't get, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of something directly African to keep going and keep having steam. So we, it's, it's past due time, as, as Baba Mowali would say, for us to create that and make that and sustain Number seven. So we went to six and then jumped to eight. So number seven, in reaffinization, personal and collective healing, transformation, and development. Truth, righteousness, and balance must be prominent values and objectives in the process of personal and collective development and the accomplishment of one's life mission. These values must be firmly grounded in the traditions and culture reality of Africa. Truth, righteousness, and balance. Not power, money, and respect. Truth, righteousness, and balance. Not get rich, die, trying, the hell with everyone else. Um, this is a man's world. Truth, righteousness, and balance must be prominent values and objectives in the process of personal, individual, yourself, and collective, the larger community, development, and the accomplishment of one's life mission. And these values must be firmly grounded in the traditions and culturality of Africa. And then number eight, non-African expressions, philosophies, religions, ideologies must be abandoned as norms in our lives. You see, so you can see how six, seven, and eight tie together. I just like six and eight personally together, but you can see how they tie in. If you are creating a personal and a collective development program, and then they say they have to be firmly grounded in the traditions and culturality of Africa, you first have to rediscover, reclaim, and re-identify what those are, and then you have to simultaneously abandon non-African values, behaviors, expressions, philosophies, religions, and ideologies. So you got to understand what your stuff is, know it, and reclaim it, then live it, as well as be honest with yourself and know what those non-African things are and abandon and jettison them in whatever it is you're trying to create. Again, whether it's something collective, whether it's something personal. And and it's hard, again, because as I was deliberately reading another stuff, we all have been raised in this reality. And so we have to deliberately reclaim those things that have been taken from us. We have to relearn what it is that's been taken from us. And it's not easy. And getting rid of values that you thought were just everyone does it, but you come to find out it's a created value it's a created behaviorism for you specifically. 
or it's just a created value or behavior that's not in your benefit, then, then at some point you have to move away from even if everyone else is doing Do you want sanity or do you want sameness? That's the question. All African people have to start asking. And if you really look and understand our history, sameness has not worked, is not going to work, and will not work. Sanity for us is operating based off of our value system. And we're laying out here with the Nyame and Shea Shea paradigm, this lecture series, what some of those values are, what some of those behaviorisms should be, what some of those ideologies and philosophies and expressions of ours should be. So now you're rediscovering it and you're reclaiming it now it's up to you, the individual listening, to re-identify with it. Number nine, collective and personal healing requires the recognition of disorder and the hidden causes or agents of that disorder. The agents include unresolved ancestors, as well as psychic and social influences of the, of the enemy's political economy. This one here, again, there are so many of these we could do entire shows on. Just this alone, collective and personal healing requires the recognition of disorder. Stop right there. We, the disorder was the Mahafla. The disorder is the continued, more sophisticated Mahafla. So if anybody, any, anybody, but especially any African, is saying that slavery was back then and no longer affects us, it's got nothing to do with right now or today, you know that something is wrong with that individual because they are not even willing to, the first step, what they say in A, the first step is to acknowledge that you got a problem. We did not come out of the womb with all this stuff. This, 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 all this stupid behavior that we do, I just say it point blank. It was deliberately given and fed and pumped up to us. And it had a long germinating creation process that start that continued at least during the moth. And 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 until we're really willing to look at and see we're doing that on the Individual levels. Individually, a lot of us are dealing with our own personal lineage and personal historical 
experience with the Mahatma and the trauma that it dealt with that experience and the trauma that came from it. The other 95% of us are trying to put it off. But then expect to be able to move forward with viable solutions and viable relationships and viable social relations without asking people when that one fundamental thing hasn't been properly addressed. And I know a lot of folks, you know, throw out the slavery thing, uh, put it out there without real, you know, knowledge of it and, and, and how deep that it goes. But definitely just letting that that's one issue. But I think the bigger issue is folks that just want to sweep it under the rug and say it's back then ain't got nothing to do with right now. You are out of your mind and you are at least violating just this one piece that any type of healing you have to recognize the disorder first. And then they add on you gotta add in the factor of any hidden causes or agents of that disorder. The hidden causes would definitely, if you want to try to say that it's not directly what's going on, the ma'afa isn't what's directly going on with us right now, there's definitely a hidden piece, and it's a hidden piece because it hasn't been properly addressed. Within said individual, and especially I, I, I can say this a hundred percent. I know we haven't had a, a, a nationwide ritual to to to, uh, to begin the healing process. Now, again, like we did last year, we may actually do something more blown, full blown this time. Um, um, with Nakambuka Day, which is which is an annual festival that's excuse me, an annual ceremony that that's right now just done you know, been done consistently in San Diego. Um I saw a few folks that were doing it in California one year and in Jamaica one year. I don't know how consistently it's been. But Nakambuka means I remember and it is a a ceremony that was put together by the organization that helped make me who I am today, the Pan-African Association um, of America, as a ritual of healing from the Moth experience. And so that's the only organization that I know of that has came up with a ritual process to begin that healing process. Um, but there is no nothing that I know of, a national ritual that we came up with and created, and that we are, you, you, you see what I'm saying? I'm putting that out there just in case white folks listen and want to come and do it. Um, there is no national ritual that we created, that we fund primarily, that we're the main backers of to deal with a, a, a healing ceremony of the mosque from the mosque and those experiences. And so just because you don't know about something don't mean it doesn't affect you. And, again, Amos Wilson and his brilliant psychological background, he and others make it known that it's those unseen causes and agents that are the biggest forces behind what we do. Because 
they are hidden and unseen, and we don't know that they're pulling the strings behind the back. And so you've got to address those hidden stuff as well as the things that you can see. And then, again, as I mentioned earlier, another reason why I love these folks, <laughs> it talks about, again, that spiritual peace, Collective and personal healing requires the recognition of disorder and the hidden causes or agents of that disorder. Those agents include unresolved ancestors. Again, we have an as African people, we have obligation to deal with, look after, uh, remember, respect, all that sort of stuff. Our ancestors, and there are numerous stories to talk about that when we don't, certain things happen to us or as individuals or to our lineage or whatever, until we pay that respect and meet that obligation to that particular ancestor. And that can be at the root cause of what's going on with said individual or said collective group as to not get healing. Now, I add in said collective group, again, since we have not had a nationwide ritual annually, even if not more than that, but at least annually, to take care of our own personal and individual traumas dealing with what we experienced and went through. But that also would help on the other side, and it hasn't been done, so it hasn't affected the other side. You see what by us not doing a nationwide ritual to help us on the physical, the nationwide ritual also, by not being done, hasn't given energy to the spirit world to help them do what they want to do for us as well. So it's very, it's a very critical gap of not having a nationwide Ma'afi healing ritual that, that, I can't do everything, y'all. Some of y'all from the sound of my voice, y'all can pick up the mantle on some of this stuff and run with it and just do it. Because this ain't about Kamal. Don't, don't, don't follow me. Don't practice Kamalism when I die, all that sort of stuff. This ain't about me. This is about reawakening Africa on her own terms and living it in the date and time that you're in, but the best of Africa, whatever time and place that you're in. That's what this is about. And so... Somebody with more time or more resources, take this idea and run with it. A nationwide ritual. We deal with Kwanzaa now pretty much in all the states where black folks are in um, and some places on the continent too. Um, we need to make Nakambuka Day. since The groundwork has already been done. They've been doing it for at least a decade now. Um, we need to take that to a national level and get everyone doing some healing, some personal healing and some collective healing from the Ma'asa so that we can then get more energy and power from the spirit forces to do what we need to do. Um, And so that's a key part of what number nine was talking about. And let's go into number ten. Healing must be undertaken in the spirit before it can be actualized in the physical. 
feeling in the spirit is facilitated by the Abbasum and the insurmountable and unknown. Abbasum deity, um, insurmountable and unknown, is the high exalted ancestors, the righteous ancestors, the ones who have gained ancestor status based on their righteous living when they were here on earth and, and, and have been elevated to that status. So they're saying you got to do the spiritual work first, and then put together the um, bigger, the, 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 the tangible rituals, uh, the tangible side, the physical. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to do the spiritual work first, and then you can put together the tangible for the people physical ceremonies and rituals and stuff. Um, and so there's just so much work that needs to be done. But again, we can't get there as 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 Christians and trying to blacken it up. We can't get there as Muslims trying to blacken that up. We can't get there as Jews trying to blacken that up. This stuff that we're talking about, that I'm talking about, is rooted in Africa proper, African cosmology proper, African ontology and axiology, African reality proper. I ain't trying to twist words and play with linguistics and and half understand African concepts and, and and put them into Christianity, Judaism, and Islam and make them black. No, you won't get that here at Africa's Reascension. We say jettison all of that and come back home because spiritually. Africa has a lot to offer, but you can only fully hear it and get it if you deal with Africa on her own terms. And so this part right here, healing must be undertaken in the spirit before it can be actualized in the physical. It goes deeper than you got to pray to Jesus before you do a ritual. It goes deeper than you got to pray to Allah before you do a ritual. It goes much, much deeper than that. <clears throat> and, and and we won't have we don't have time right now to get into how deep that is. But if you listen consistently, um, you, you, you're hopefully you're starting to get an idea of how deeper that goes. Healing in the spiritual must take place first before it takes place in the food. Number eleven, under reaffirmation, thorough and comprehensive knowledge of race, national, and clan history is essential for all members of the society. Thorough and comprehensive knowledge of race, of race history, national history, and clan history is essential for all members of the society. Again, that one's key, and I think that one is um, with forethought of looking at a possible lack within our history in that you had certain individuals that had a whole, whole, whole lot of information, and you had certain other individuals, mainly the, the larger group of people, that had very, 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 very little information 
about the history. And so when invaders come in, came in to confuse, using their soft power of cultural transformation and culture genocide, it was a bit easier because if you get rid of the learned people, if you get rid of the people that know <clears throat> the history and all that sort of stuff, it's a lot easier to then reshape and, and misshape that larger group that don't know. So one way to help make that a bit harder next time around if folks want to try to reinvade and reenslave is you have as much of the population all on the same page racially, historically, and clan history as possible. So you don't have this deep divide within um, intellectual and spiritual information and non-intellectual and non-spiritual information. You, you, the, the, the closer, the smaller you can make that gap, the better you can survive as a society, especially if there are, if you're planning for invading forces to come in, um, who 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 after they've decided to stop killing you outright, want to reprogram you culturally into one of their minions, um, keeping that gap narrow, as narrow as possible, will help eliminate that possibility for the invading forces. So thorough and comprehensive knowledge of race history, national history, and clan history is essential for all members of the society. Number 12, the objective of education is the perpetuation of the national racial culture, its collective identity, and the acquisition and maintenance of national sovereignty. The object of education is the perpetuation of the national racial culture, this perpetuation of its collective identity. Not to learn the same stuff as Caucasoids, not to sit next to Caucasoids in their classrooms, not to be able to pass all the Caucasoids tests, not to be able to be properly trained to work at Caucasoid jobs. That is not the objective of education or of real education. That's the objective of their education. The objective of African education, of real education, of our education is the perpetuation of our collective identity of the perpetuation of our national and racial culture. And so not only that, education should do that for you, but it should also be about the acquisition and maintenance of national sovereignty. And again, Baba Amos is beautiful on this. If you aren't being educated to learn how to create and maintain a nation, your own nation, then you're being educated for someone else's objectives and ends. And so now here lies the contradiction. We don't have any universities, (laughs) 
and we don't have enough independent black institutions, you know, um, K through 12. So the contradiction is we have to go to Caucasoid institutions for learning. However, if you've been doing all this other stuff, rediscovery, reclamation, re-identifying with the traditional culture of Africa, true freshness and balance, uh, abandoning expressions, philosophies, religions, ideologies. Um, if you've been doing all this other stuff and rooting yourself in the African way, in the African reality, then when you go to foreign environments, you can go, you can give them the face that they want to see, you can say the things they want to hear, you can get the education, you can get um, the monies, you can get the know-how and bring it back to the fam- your family, the community, the nation, and the race. You, you, you. If you have to work for them, work for them, but bring the know-how, some of the money, some of the time, some of the energy. Bring that back to. Of course, you're going to bring it back to your family, but also bring that know-how and energy and financial resources and other stuff to the larger nation to the larger race, to the larger community as well. So many of us got skills and got money and all that sort of stuff, and it's just hoarding it amongst ourselves. Screw everybody else. It's just me and my family. And 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 your family can be tight in itself, in and of itself, but unless that family is within a fihanku, within a liberated zone, within a, you know, small or medium-knit community where they don't have to do nothing else on the outside of it, you don't have to, if, if you don't have that set up, you don't have to focus on a larger community to get that larger community safe for your family that's on point. Because if you just want to focus just only on your family, just period, 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 but you still have to deal with that larger community, there's going to be conflicts. There's going to be issues. There's going to be drama. There's going to be stuff that comes up and interferes and gets in the way of full development. We can only have full development within larger community circles that are about what we're about. We can't have some. We can get a lot of development within families that that are doing the right thing. And we, you know, who don't have, who are setting those families up, it's up to us to set those up to make them as tight as possible, so that we and wife and children can be, you know, as tight as possible. But then there also has to be some larger outreach or larger something that's going on to create uh, safe zones, be honkers, liberated zones. Uh, until the larger nation, until those communities can be more connected and we can actually say we've got a nation, you know what I'm saying, then 
some of those contradictions can uh, be done away with. But for right now, um, if you have to get educated and work in Caucasoid environments, bring that education, bring the resources and know-how and all that sort of stuff back to the community, back to African people so that we can use it and build our nation. Um, concise and unambiguous personal mission statements informed by the Abbasum ancestors and elders are requisite for the mature adult. We've talked about mission statements and all that stuff before a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we got 21 minutes. We can keep on going here. Let's see if we can see how much of this we can get through. Final section. H, nation building, national sovereignty, and the war of irreconcilable realities. Africa is experiencing, number one, Africa is experiencing the nadir, or condition of maximal chaos in its historical cycle. The condition, number two, the condition of maximal chaos is occasioned by the dissolution of traditional societies, the scattering and dismemberment of ancient clans and lineages, the abandonment of the traditional shrines, and the ignorance of traditional cosmology. It has been occasioned only incidentally by the ascendancy of the non-African to a position of world conqueror and dominant cultural, political, and economic presence. So now, so now they're saying that right now we are in a process of high, high chaos. Okay, we got that. That's, that's a given <laughs> for anyone that's honest and sees what's going on. High chaos. We're at possibly our nadir because it could get worse, so I don't know if we're fully at the nadir, but we're damn close globally, worldwide, after people. So now, did y'all really hear number two? The condition of maximal chaos is occasioned by the disillusion, dissolution of traditional societies, the dissolving of them, the, 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 the breakup of traditional societies the scattering and dismemberment of ancient clans and lineages, folks moving all over the place, scattering them, breaking up the, 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 the power of them being closer together, the abandonment of traditional shrines. Oh, we don't need to deal with that stuff anymore, and, and, and that's the old way and all that sort of stuff, and the ignorance of traditional cosmology. Oh, we can add in Jesus and make him an, an Abbasun. We can add in... Jesus and make him an Arisha. All of that first helped condition us to get us to the chaos that we're in today. Because it continues, it has been occasioned only incidentally by the ascendancy of the non African to a position of world conquer and the rest of that stuff. So if the traditional societies weren't already in a, in a um, 
state of decay. If we hadn't scattered and dismembered ourselves, you know, if we if if we weren't hadn't abandoned shrines and we were still cognizant of our traditional cosmology and, and still, you know, was was tied to it. By the time the Arabs came, we would have whooped their ass. And the Caucasoids wouldn't have even come because they would have just seen what we do to the Arabs, and they probably would not have even come in the 1440s. But because those four things were full and full effect, that set us up for the Arab conquering, and that set us up for, and it's keeping us, that's the other piece, it's keeping us, in the present Caucasoid domination, ignorance of traditional cosmology, abandoning of our traditional shrines, scattering and dismembering our clans, and the dissolution and dissolving of traditional society. Building that back up will weaken our enemy's power. Keeping those four things right where they are right now will then keep our enemy right where they are right now. When we talk about getting back to African culture and all this sort of stuff, it ain't a game. It ain't a joke. Your Caucasoids are thriving because Africa is dying and running from who she is. If Africa closed off her borders and renegotiated every contract of every resource that left the continent tomorrow, the entire world dynamic would change tomorrow. But we don't get that. We play with that. We want to make Christianity ours, and it's not. We want to make Islam ours, and it's not. We want to make white folks friends of us, and, and that, that ain't going to get us nowhere. That, <sighs> the condition of maximal chaos is occasioned by the dissolution of traditional societies, the scattering and dismemberment of ancient clans and lineages, the abandonment of traditional shrines, and the ignorance of traditional cosmology. It has been occasioned only incidentally by the ascendancy of the non-African to a position of world conquer and dominant cultural, political, and economic presence. They couldn't be there if we weren't running from who we are. Number three, the pursuit of full and complete national sovereignty must be undertaken simultaneously with the quest for personal and collective reaffirmation of family development. They are all essential aspects of the same effort. So if you're talking about full and complete national sovereignty, you've got to be talking about personal and collective reaffirmation. The two cannot happen fully separate from each other. You can't be fully reaffirmized but living in a world that's anti-African. And you can't be living in a world that's, no. And you can't 
create a nation that will be based off of something different from the Europeans if you don't know a reality that's different from the Europeans. If we create a nation, if we get free right now, with our present mindsets, we will create a, 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 a blackenized version of everything Caucasoid that we've ever been experienced to because we don't know any other way. So they have to happen simultaneously. And that sort of goes back to the show that, that, that Taj had on, 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 on deal with, it was a tribute to Bob Kwame and Krumah. We was talking about getting free first, or planning, or planning first, and they get free. It's got to happen simultaneously. We both agree to that, but you know we still are we're quibbling over priorities. But the pursuit of full and complete national sovereignty must be undertaken simultaneously with the quest for personal and collective reaffirmation and family development. They are essential aspects of the same effort. Number four. The physical reality of Africa is grounded in the spirit, and its motor force is the dynamic interaction of spirit and material. And again, I think we've talked about that at at, at length. Um, the physical reality is secondary to the spirit reality. Spirit reality is the parent reality for African people. All things should be undertaken in the spirit first and then deal with them on the spirit, then deal with them on the physical level, whether that be relationships, whether that be building stuff, whether that be an illness, all of it. Take it to the spirit. Take it to the shrine first. Get get that message first. And then, and then either they'll give you some physical stuff that you have to do or then also go and do the physical stuff that needs to be done as well, but spirit and physical both together. Number five, the physical cultures and polities of Africa have been compromised by an alien culture reality which denies spirit and whose perception of reality is limited to the material and driven by the pursuit of power and dominion. Number six, the relation of the two Culture realities is adversarial and manifests in perpetual tension and conflict. So, for five and six, you need to go back to fully understand five and six. You got to go back to the two shows we did, the Law of Irreconcilable Realities, put together by the same folks, the Okoto family. And I'm still mad that that show hasn't had the number of downloads that it has had because it has that it should have because that is a key show to understand, the law of irreconcilable reality. Caucasian reality, African reality, irreconcilable, one or the other. They have always been adversarial. The physical cultures and policies of Africa have been compromised by an alien cultural reality. Alien cultural reality, just think of, that encompasses everything, reality, and alien cultural reality. And, and it denies spirit. So if the parent reality 
it's the spirit reality for Africa, and that's number one rule. And as you a kid growing up, you learn that. Excuse me, right off the bat. And then an alien foreign reality comes in and denies that totally. Just think of the turmoil that that's going to throw you in. Oh, wait, we ain't got to think about it. We have um, the Ma'afa and 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 the, the physical takeover of the continent and present-day Africa to, to see how that has thrown the continent in disarray. The historical, and number seven, the historical imbalance in warfare between the two cultural realities was brought on by the Africans' internally generated weakness and the opportunistic expansion and proliferation of the non-Africans' aggressive, the non-Africans' aggressive parasitism and endemic chaos. Again, we've spoken on this at length as well um, in previous shows. We were weakened internally, which then let the Arabs come in that weakened us more, which then let the, and they haven't left, which then brought on the Caucasoids proper um, to weaken us to where we're at now, and they haven't left either, uh, Africa. Africa needs a triple cleansing, a cleansing of the Caucasoids and their ideas and their way of life, a cleansing of the Arabs and their philosophies and their way of life, and a cleansing of our internal weaknesses that let it happen in the first place, of arrogance, greed, complacency, and some of the other things that we've mentioned in the Yama Association. And so that was combined with they had just came out of their their dark ages. They had just lost one-half to one-third of their population. They needed to regroup. They saw they didn't have enough resources in Europe proper, and so they decided to spew their pus all throughout the rest of the world, and it hasn't stopped to this day. Number eight, the African's objective in this perpetual war is the restoration of Africa's cultural, political, economic, and social sovereignty and its traditional and spiritually determined concept of order. The African's objective in this perpetual, perpetual now, war is the restoration of Africa's cultural, political, economic, and social sovereignty. So all of that's got to be brought in. So it's not just about getting money. It's not just about ringing some bells. It's not just about getting some presidents. It's not just – it's all of that done in the best of Africa. And it's traditional and spiritually determined concept of order. All of that is the objective of this war that we're fighting. And, again, it has to be rooted in who we are and the best of our tradition. Understanding that, that's what we're fighting for. That's what we're trying to create. That's what we're trying to do. You get that understanding in the people first, and then you help give them a vision of what you want to create, and then they all can move there. I still feel that has to happen first before you just get free because it's going to be a whole hell of a lot harder 
to then give them what to build and what to do and all that sort of stuff after the fact. They ain't gonna hear. They gonna be partying for the next decade or so just to get those folks off the back. After you get them off your back, you gotta get into build mode, building mode. So even after the war is over and Africa has been, African people are back in their right mind. Then we got to get into rebuilding. So the party, I mean, we'll have some celebrations and all of that nation, national celebrations, but the rest wouldn't be able to happen even immediately after the war is done. Because we got a lot to rebuild. So that is why they talk about our objective in this perpetual war is the restoration of Africa's cultural, political, economic, and social sovereignty in this traditional and spiritually determined concept of order. Nine, war is the war is the only appropriate context for the conceptualization of the relations between the African and the non-African. Period. I don't even need to <laughs> explain that one. That's the only appropriate context. If you really understand and know what they've been doing to us. See, it is, yeah, war, irreconcilable realities. Ten, the motive force and the mold for the reconstructed African world must be traditional African culture, including its cosmology and deep thought, its wisdom, its social economic organization, its morality, aesthetic, and its languages. Are you all hearing that one? the motive force and the mold for a reconstructed African world must be traditional African culture, not Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, traditional African culture, including its cosmology and deep thought, its wisdom, its social and economic organization, its morality, aesthetic, and its languages. So at number 10, we should be about relearning what all that stuff is. Cosmology, deep thought, wisdom, social economic, social organization, economic organization, morality, aesthetics, and languages. Relearning those. Modernizing them without westernizing them and start pulling it together to see what all of that will look like combined in 2050 Gregorian calendar. What will our society, based on the best of traditional African culture, look like if it's operating properly in 2050 Gregorian calendar? That's what we need to be thinking about in our head. Not all some of this other crazy stuff. I'm going to read these last ones into the record so they can be in the record, and then read if we need to give any more energy to them at the next show, do so, but then we can properly say that we're finished with this. Number 11, all of traditional Africa's cultural formations must be respected and preserved in fully functional and meaningful form. 12, the focus of African world development must be exclusively Pan-African with strict 
but reasoned limitations on interactions with the non-Africans. And we'll definitely have to go back into that one at a later time. Because that one trips folks up too. <clears throat> you just kind of siphon it off from the whole rest of the world. I and mean, we got to know the rest of the world. Yes, fool, we got to know the rest of the world. But we still can know the rest of the world from our lens. You don't throw away your lens to learn the rest of the world. Thirteen, the family must be revitalized and restored to the center of the social formation. And, oh, shoot, <laughs> 14, foreign and non-African technology, methodology, systems, theories, etc., if and when they are determined to be useful, must be carefully adapted to an African culture paradigm in such a way to ensure that that paradigm is enhanced. Nation building, 15, nation building is a protracted process and it's measured in generations. Are we doing in this generation what we need to be doing? Lastly, we will go back over and readdress some of these in a in a future show. The process and precedence of our work are shielded ultimately by the agents of the spirit, including the Abbasum and the Samanfo Nananon. But immediately that process and work are protected by our own clarity and steadfastness, our consistent high level of productivity, our creativity, and our ability to effectively transmit the same to our children. So, yeah, so officially we are finished with Inyame and Sheshe's paradigm, but we do reserve the right to go back over some of these later, especially a few of them. Uh, thanks everyone again Bibi Fahudie Total African Liberation um, Check us throughout the week I see if there will be another show Yabedi uh, Inkonim We will be victorious Madafi for the support of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. <laughs>